Greetings, Timajilam. Karibuni sana tena. We are now on our fourth episode of the Walking with God series, which is a series on the Gospel of John. And it's a series that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, and now we're on our fourth episode. And now we are in John chapter 2. Finally, we have left John chapter 1, and now we're on John chapter 2. Now, allow me to read from John chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12. Okay? Okay. Let me read. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The, one, the wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus told so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told his servants, told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign of at, at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. Now, this is a really, really interesting story here. And I know many of us uh, know this story, whether Christians and unbelievers, where they always reference about Jesus turning water into wine, especially at parties, uh, usually to justify heavy drinking. <laughs> So, Jesus and his disciples, together with his mother, they go for a wedding. And in the middle of the festivities, wine runs out. And so Jesus' mom comes and tells Jesus that, hey, my guy, the wine is over, right? Now, I need you to understand how big of a deal weddings were in, and, and are still actually in Jewish culture, right? I mean, for many of our cultures, weddings are a really big deal. So it's not far from us to be able to understand that having a wedding is kind of a big deal. But especially in Jewish culture, it was a huge deal, right? There was a certain protocol that was to be followed, right? So the wedding ceremony would, would, would take place late in the evening after a time of feasting. So now there's a whole feasting part. And the father of the bride would take his daughter on his arm. And with wedding party in tow, they would literally parade through the streets of the village so that everyone could come out and congratulate the bride. Finally, the wedding party would arrive at the home of the groom. Right? The, and, and, and so now you come from the bride's home, now we're at the home of the groom. The wedding actually took place in the front door of the groom's house. Right? And this was no short ceremony. These festivities would last for days on end. It was a time of incredible celebration. And there's some cultures, like if you look at the Indian culture, where a wedding is like a week long. Right? The whole week is where we're having these festivities. And it's a similar thing. Right? So can you imagine this, this one week? festivities and somewhere in between there in one of this uko in wednesday over there the wedding the wine runs out right and now the thing is that's interesting is here with these guys in the jewish culture after the wedding ceremony the bride and groom walked through the streets accompanied by flame torches can you imagine that the attendants walked them 
with them, you know, keeping a canopy over their heads. And the wedding party always took the longest route through the village so that as many people as possible could wish them well. There was nothing like a honeymoon. The couple kept open house for like a whole week where they were treated like royalty. They dressed in fancy clothes and many times they wore crowns on their heads. Whatever they desired they, that they needed, they would just say what it is that they need and it would happen, right? They would receive it. Their word was like the law. Now the groom's family was expected to provide all the refreshments for this week of festivities, right? So this week long of festivities, it was the groom who was meant to provide all the refreshment that was meant to be there, right? And you know, back then and even till now, a wedding is a moment of great celebration and joy, right? Um, you know, I've been to two weddings. Probably in, in, in last month, I was I was at two weddings for two very close friends, both in the month of February. And I'm telling you, by the time the Feb was done, like last week, I was so tired because of all the celebration, all the festivities, and all the fun that we've had over the last month has been so amazing because of my two friends being able to get married, which has been really exciting. Now, for these Jewish people. The thing about wine is that it symbolized joy, right? It was a time, it was the thing that symbolized, like, man, imagine, that that's why the wine can't turn out on a Wednesday. We still have three more days of, of celebration to go. The wine cannot run out, you know what I mean? And so the thing about the wine is that it symbolized joy. It was a key part of the celebration. You know, in fact, Jewish rabbis have a saying that without wine, there is no joy, Right? So the wine was a whole thing of like, yeah, we're having a great time. And so when Mary comes to Jesus with this issue, it, this is a serious issue that has, that's happening. He's like, my guy, the wine has run out. The joy has run out. What are we going to do? And when Jesus was presented with this issue, he tells his mother, hey, my guy, that's not my problem. <laughs> He's just like, yes, yes, dango. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, not my monkeys, not my suckers. <laughs> right? He's just there like... Bruh, leave me out of this. Me, I'm just here to attend. I'm just here to have a good time. But I think maybe he reconsidered because he's just like, maybe even me, I want some wine. So who knows? But his mother, the thing that is interesting is that even after hearing what Jesus tells and says to her, she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Right? It's like Jesus says, he's just like, I don't want to get involved. And the mom is just like, okay. Then she goes and she's like, okay. So whatever he tells you to do, make sure you do it. And then the Bible says, that standing nearby were six water jars. These water jars were actually used for Jewish ceremonial, what they call the Jewish ceremonial washing of hands. So basically there was a way in which when you come for festivities, there's a certain way in which you wash your hands, right? There was a certain way in which they would wash the hands and then you would recite certain things with your hands, all that. So these jars were there for that ceremonial hand washing before you got into the festivities of the day. And so Jesus tells these servants, I want you to fill this thing with water. And it says in the NIV version that they filled them to the brim, that they filled water. All this water that Jesus has to breathe, they filled it to the brim, right? Now, there's something that I want you to understand at this point is that these jars, like I told you, were used for cleaning hands. And I can imagine those servants probably wondering, like, what, the, what does hand washing have to do with anything, right? I thought, I thought the, the, the mother came to talk to Jesus about wine. And here he is telling us about filling these things with water. But he says like, 
forget even them thinking about him turning water into wine. You gotta understand that these guys had no clue who Jesus was. Number one, remember this was his first miracle, so he thought like they had been his fame had gone, and guys knew who Jesus was. These guys had no idea who this guy was, right? And so this guy asking them to be able to fill this thing with water, they're like, okay, I guess we should wash more hands. And the thing is, what they did is that they listened to Jesus' mother, right? They listened to what she said, which was, whatever, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And not only did these guys listen to what he did, what he said that they should do, they, they went over and above. They literally did not just fill these jars. They filled them to the brim. And then, boom, it happens. The water turns into wine. And not just any wine, but the best wine. And like the MC says at that wedding, he's like, my guys, you have kept the best until now. Now, as with any portion of scripture, there's so much to learn, but there's two things that specifically stand out to me from this scripture that I want to be able to talk about. And the first thing is this, is that Mary knew Jesus. Of course she did. She was his mother and had seen him growing up and had known him all his life. And why is this significant? The reason why this is significant is because first and foremost, what we learn from Mary going to Jesus with this problem is that she knew that he would help. She knew that Jesus would help. Jesus literally says to her, it's not my time. It's not my time. This is not my problem. And what does Mary do? Mary doesn't, isn't, isn't like, oh, oh, well, you know, at least I tried. You know, she's just like, ah, anyway, Jesus has said, anyway, I tried. She knew he would help to the extent that she, as soon as he says that to her, she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. She walked away from those, that situation so confident that Jesus would help. And it turns out, that her confidence was legitimate and in the right place because he did help. My friends, since we started this series, and I keep saying this, and I will say it again, that God is an ever-present help. An ever-present help. No matter the situation, we can always find confidence in this, is that when we call out to him, he will help us. Mary walked away with that confidence where she was just like, yeah, 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 this is not something, but she's just like, he's going to help. <laughs> and so the question right now that I want to ask you is, do you approach God knowing that he will help you? Do you approach your heavenly father with the confidence that he will help you? Because my friends, let me tell you something. We need a lot of help in this life thing. And you have help. You have help where you can find wisdom, grace, deliverance, guidance, blessing. And so the thing is that I keep imploring you who is listening is that make it your life habit to confidently seek God's help always. Do not buy into self-sufficiency. Buy into God dependency. Forget about self-sufficiency and buy into God dependency and how God dependency manifests itself is that we are continually seeking his help. Stop approaching life with willful strength and approach it with godly confidence, which is achieved through seeking God's help at all times. Seek God's help. He will help. Mary walked away from that situation knowing, knowing, that Jesus would help. And guess what? He did. 
Which leads me to my second point. Sometimes, and I want to put in brackets, most times, that help doesn't come in the way we expect. This is what Mary tells the servants. She says to them, do whatever he tells you. And the reason why she says it this way, and I believe she says it this way, because remember what she says? She says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And I believe the reason why she tells them this is because she knew that he would probably ask them to do something that to their rational minds would not make any sense to them. I mean, the question is, what does hand washing have to do with wine? This guy is telling us to fill six jars that we used for ceremonial hand washing. Mary has come with a problem to do with wine. This guy is telling us to fill these jars. So even without the thing of thinking of, you know, the thing is, it's interesting because we obviously always, when we read this story, we read it obviously because we know how the story turns out. But you see, the guy who's in that situation in real time, the guy has no idea what water has to do with anything. What does that have to do with wine? And, but the thing that Mary tells them is that do whatever he tells you because she knew that the, the, the thing this guy is going to tell you, there's some stuff that this guy is probably going to tell you that you won't understand with your rational mind. What does hand washing have to do with wine? Forget about water turning into wine. What, is the, what does hand washing of hands have to do with anything? And my friends, this is where most of us falter. We go ask for help, but we're not ready to do whatever he tells you to do so as to receive the help that you need. The thing that's, uh, that's interesting is that I remember uh, an instruction. There's, some, there's a point where I was seeking God for help. <laughs> same exact same situation. I was seeking God for help. I'm like, Lord, help me. Help me, please. And then in that whole thing, God tells me, I want you to go and do, uh, go and see this person. Now, for me, obviously, because the thing that I was seeking help for, right, and the thing that God is asking me to do, in my rational mind, they didn't connect. And so I, for me, I, 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 I didn't, in my mind, this, this thing that I'm asking help for, that's obviously not the, the solution to it because that's a completely random other thing that God is asking me to do, right? And so the thing is, is that it wasn't until weeks later where again I come to seek God's help and he reminds me again and I'm like, wait, you mean this thing is connected to that? It's exactly the same thing that's happening here. That you can imagine, imagine if these servants were like, ah, my guy, I don't know what this guy is asking us to do. What, what, what does this thing have to do with anything? This guy is asking us to fill water again. What does that have to do with anything? There are times you could literally be praying for a breakthrough in some area of your life. For example, let's say, like, God tells you, I think I've used this analogy before, he tells you, you're there praying for, let's say, you're praying for, uh, I pray for a, a helpmate. Lord, I want, I want a husband, Lord. I want a, I want a wife. I want a, and then you're here praying, you're here praying about this thing. And then somewhere in between there, in that week, God puts on your heart and he starts telling you and you start feeling a conviction to go to the gym. So you're wondering, what does the gym have to do with anything with what I'm asking? Me, I want a husband. That time you don't know. <laughs> Probably God is leading you to the gym. You think he's talking to you about fitness. Kumba, that time he's trying to answer your prayer because your, your man is over there working out. 
But to your rational mind, what you're like, what does this have to do with anything? And so you ignore it. What I was telling you earlier is that God is an ever-present help in our time of need. So yes, you seek his help in everything. But then it is important that we also keep the words of Mary implanted in our minds and in our hearts. Do whatever he tells you. It says that these servants, it says here that they followed his instructions. But the thing that's so interesting is that these servants didn't just do what he told them to do. They went over and above. This, it says that they filled the water to the brim. They had no idea what this guy was going to do with this water. But you know what they did? He said, fill the thing with water. They didn't just fill it with water and they're just like, Ugh. they filled it to the brim. Without knowing what Jesus would do, through their eagerness, without even knowing, but because of their eagerness to do what he said, um, they end up ensuring that there's more than enough wine for the festivities. Imagine if those guys decided, let's just fill this thing halfway. I mean, you've already washed everyone's hands. But instead, they filled it to the brim. And a way to summarize what obedience is, is do whatever he tells you. Do it with eagerness, not halfway to the brim. Do it fully. Do it fully. Do it fully. And this is where most of us falter, is that we go and we seek the help. But when now it comes to do whatever he tells you, when it comes to filling the thing with what you're like, these things don't connect and don't make sense to me. And so we end up missing out on this help because we refuse to do whatever he tells you to do. This is what Mary asked these servants to do, and they did it. And this is what presented an incredible miracle that changed the whole landscape of that wedding, where now these guys are being complimented for giving the best wine ever. Are you guys with me? And so if you're seeking his help, I need you to etch these words in your mind and in your heart. That was you're there seeking God's help, do whatever he tells you. Amen? Even if it doesn't make sense to your rational mind. And lastly, I mentioned to you how to Jewish people wine symbolized joy. And today, even as I look at this story, I want to be able to utilize it even also as an analogy for your own life. And today I want to speak to the person for whom joy has run out. I know this place very well, where even while doing the thing that you love, you no longer find any joy in it. And the thing is that if the joy has run out in any area of your life, and there are moments where this happens, and if you remember that one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy, that if joy has run out in any area of your life, run to Jesus. Be like Mary and the servants. Run to him for help and he will help you. And be like the servants and follow through with whatever he tells you to do. There may be some things in your life that are killing your joy. And listening to him will help you. Where he leads you, follow. When he tells you, go talk to so and so, follow. When he tells you, ah, I want you to go and uh, um, get rid of this thing, do it. When he tells you, I want you to go and take some time to rest, do it. I want you to go and see uh, this specific therapist, do it. Listen. Where he leads you, follow. 
Because joy is a part of the fruit of the Spirit, meaning that it is something that we can most certainly ask for and expect to receive it. So ask for it and prepare to do whatever it is that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to do. It may be to forgive someone. It may be to let go of something. It may be to do something specific. But whatever it is, follow through with it. And follow through with what he says to you to do. And just like Mary says, do whatever he tells you. Amen? Amen and amen. Allow me to pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your holy word today. Father, in full recognition of the fact that we can always come to you for help. And so, Father, in whatever area of our lives that we seek your help, your guidance, your wisdom, Father, we submit ourselves before you and ask that you would help us. Father, I also pray that you would give us a willing heart. You are the one who says that you work in us to will and to do according to your good pleasure. Father, would you work in us that we would be those who would do whatever it is that you say to us to do. That as we seek your help, that we, whatever it is that you say to us to do, that we will be found willing and ready to do it. Because we know that therein lies our miracle in doing whatever it is that you ask us to do. We thank you, Father, for this word. May you cause it to come alive in our lives. For it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe. Subscribe. God bless you guys.